This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, of course, we want to take this opportunity to welcome all of you. Thank God you're in church. Amen. Amen. Church is a good place to be on a Sunday morning. Actually, church is a good place to be no matter when it is. Amen. So again, we just welcome each and every one of you. We want to welcome those of you that are watching by internet. We're glad you can be a part of the service here today. Praise God. We've got a bunch of great things in store. And I believe we've got a message that will probably bless you. Praise God. So with all of that, uh, as many of you know, this past week, our youth went to camp. Uh, nice and balmy, you know, uh, 90-something degree stuff. And, uh, but they all came back. Praise God. And they're all alive. And it's great. Praise the Lord. So anyway, Pastor Brian was a part of that whole event, and uh, he and a number of other staff members that were uh, up there. So I was just going to invite him to come and uh, share with you a little bit and uh, let you know a little bit about what happened. Come on up here, son. Go for it. How's everybody doing today? You guys awake? Well, I get the opportunity to uh, um, come and share with you guys. I'm going to have everybody that wants to come down and talk, uh, come on down. If you guys went to camp and want to want to talk, you got to be bold, you got to step out. Uh, That's one of the things that we uh, talked about this week. But the theme of camp this year was reset. And it was based off of Isaiah 43 that said, that says basically in verse 18 and verse 19, to forget the old things, behold, I want to do a new thing. And so uh, uh, God was definitely in the place and the Holy Spirit moved uh, um, every single night in different ways. And it was really, really cool to just see the new thing that he did in, in some of these kids. Now, these, this isn't a representation of all of the kids. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, uh, for some of them, it's, it's, it was very, very evident. But my prayer before camp was, was that every single one of our kids and, and all of the kids that attended the, the camp, that God would do a new thing in them. And, uh, you know, and so some of them are a lot more expressive. Some of them are a lot more bold. But I believe personally that each and every kid that went to camp this summer, that he did a new thing in them. They may not be standing up here. You, we may not see it on the outside, but I know that the Holy Spirit is, is uh, at work in their hearts. And so uh, why don't you guys shuffle over here and, and come on, come on over here. There you go. And then just center it up. You know, I'm, it's uh, all about symmetrical. So uh, you guys just tell them what your name is share as long as you want. If you want to preach, go for it. And uh, um, these people need to hear it. So, All right. My name is Tyler Reed. I'm Camber and Doug Reed's son. Um, I went to camp this week and we were talking. I met some new friends and we were talking about how we just moved to a new school and I was making friends there. And mainly I make friends in sports because that's just like my thing. And so we were talking about how we have some friends for a certain season of the year, like for football season or baseball season. And God really spoke to me like as soon as I said that, because camp is the season of the year when we all expect something from God. But we can really expect it all year long instead of just coming to him in one season of the year, instead of just waiting one year just to get close to God. But you can stay close with him all year long and get it all year long. Um, I'm Lauren Kalstrup. I'm Brian's daughter. <laughs> and um, for me at camp, I just kind of had like a new found, like, 
I don't know, like a revelation of how praise and worship is supposed to be. Because, like, I, you know, I sing, I'm on the worship team, and I, you know, I, I, I love praise and worship. It's, like, my favorite part of, like, everything. And I just kind of found, like, I don't know, you're, like, supposed to, you're not supposed to worry about, like, what other people are thinking about you while you're, you know, while you're praising, and it's just all for God. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's what I um, I'm Madison Barm. I'm Brian and Christy Fisher's daughter. And one thing that kind of hit me at camp was that we had to be like baptized by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was a big part of camp this year. So we learned that in the world, there's like seven major things that we are baptized by that isn't good, like gossip, drama, addiction, impurity, all that. And so we learned that the Holy Spirit has to come in, in and change you and fill you and we like got the gift of speaking in tongues for some people who didn't have it and it was just a very fun night um i'm maggie tarks i'm marty and lacy's daughter um and my big like revelation was that i had a lot of stuff that i needed to like let go of because like from the past year it's been like crazy um and it, i just had to pray a lot about you know, taking like anxiety off my back and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, I'm Jackson. I'm Dave and Patty's son. And camp this year, it, it felt like it was making up for last year. Yeah. I mean, last year we didn't have camp, but this year had all pretty much every year of camp you would ever need. <laughs> and it kind of just gave me a newfound peace and joy in life. Well, it's just awesome, isn't it? What happened to, to these students? These are just a sampling of, of what happened. You know, there are other kids that, that didn't want to come up here and, I, and, I, and I'm okay with that. I think it's great. I think, uh, but I know personally that God did something in their lives. And, uh, um, and, and so what you can do with me uh, is just continue to pray for our teenagers, the teenagers that went to our teen camp, and just be praying that they'd be strengthened with might. Wait a minute, you didn't talk. Weren't you going to talk? No? Okay. <laughs> you need to come up here and talk. Come on, just come up here real quick. This is Tatum. Tatum Wynn is a female counselor, and so why don't you just share just a little bit. Sorry I put you on spot. So, yes, I went on as a counselor, um, and I found it was, I was a little nervous because I'm not the best with kids or let alone teenagers. Um, I'm a horse person. I, I like animals. <laughs> um, but I just found it was really, it was such a privilege to go. I was all nights of camp when we did worship. They invited the leaders to come up and and any kid that needed prayer, you know, they invited him to come up, and, and I got to pray over some kids. I helped one girl receive the Holy Spirit, and it was just, <sighs> I'm sorry. Um, it was just, I didn't think I was going to cry. Um, just what God was doing there was, um, really amazing and to be a part of that was um also amazing and um it was just more than I could have ever asked for to witness that and I mean I left camp with just a reckless abandon for him I mean I was <laughs> I came back and I was like whatever you want God 
I'll do it, you know, and, um, and that's how, you know, we all need to, to leave camp, and, um, I was just really privileged to be able to go and, um, witness what I did, so, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. See, I knew, I knew we needed to hear from Tatum. Because I don't know if you saw her this morning on the stage during praise and worship, but God obviously did something in her life, you know. And uh, that reckless abandonment, you know, we all need to be living that way. It doesn't, you know, and, and that was one thing that was really emphasized at camp was, is that it's not just about camp. I mean, and I, I told our teenagers this before we went to camp, the, kid, the kids that weren't able to go to camp because there were some that weren't, that, you know, um, our, our pursuit, our hunger for God doesn't just have to take place during one week of camp. It takes place in our attitude, in our, in our expectation when we come to church and, and when we go into a time of quiet time and devotion and prayer in our personal lives when we're driving down the road. You know, we can pull on the, the Lord. It says when we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. You know, so what you saw take place in these students can take place in your life just by that expectation, just by that attitude, and just by that desire for him, because he wants to do a new thing in your life, just as he did in their lives. And so, as I was saying before, I noticed that Tatum didn't come up and talk, is that you guys can believe with us, you know, when it comes to these students' lives, that that they will continue to be strengthened with might as they move into this new year, that they will continue to stand on the things that were were planted in their lives, and just that they'd just be strengthened, you know, and... um, And I know that we're going to have just um, uh, great things that happen in the youth department, in the lives of our kids, just because of that, 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 you know, that deposit that was made in their lives. And so I'm very, very thankful for that. And uh, not only am I thankful for what it is that that, the Lord did in the youth's lives, this coming week, we got a bunch of kids that uh, um, second through sixth grade that are going to be going to camp. So you can be believing God with us that that same deposit, that same, uh, um, you know, impartation that needs to be taking place in young kids' lives will take place. And and if if you have extra time of prayer, you can just pray for me because I'm going back. And Aaron, where's Aaron? Aaron's in the back room, you know, and and, uh, we'd lay down at night. We went, you know, we'd go, we'd get up at seven, we'd go to prayer and we'd go hard all day long and then we get, you know, we lay down at 12 o'clock and it's like a race to see who would be asleep first. Usually it was Aaron because I had to go out and, and yell at a few kids that were not going to sleep. I won't mention their names, but that's okay. So if you got some extra time to pray this week, say, Lord, I just pray for Pastor Brian. Help him, strengthen him with might by your spirit. So no, I'm, I'm expected, I'm exciting. I'm excited about what it is that God's going to do in uh, the kids' lives this week. And so uh, we'll bring back uh, some more reports of that and uh, uh, just tell you about the testimonies that took place in the lives of kids. So that's all we got for today. Involvement financially to help the kids, like with our fundraisers and things of that nature. So uh, very powerful in the context of making it possible. You know, when when uh, when you have parents like this one and a few others that got a whole herd of kids and they're all going to camp, uh, it gets a little pricey. And um, so I just want to thank you so very much. Not only that. But in your giving, uh, in the offerings, you're bringing your tithes into the storehouse, all of that also help to facilitate uh, the added expenses and things. Uh, uh, We rented a wall. Um, 
How many churches are represented in the thing? Do you know so? There's seven or eight churches that bring their kids to these camps, or this camp, I should say. And one of the things that we wanted to do, you know, I mean, um, some people, I mean, people have all different kinds of mindsets and thinking about things, but, but we are interested in these kids, you know, being able to have a very positive and real experience when they go. Not only, and, and we're talking, you know, with uh, uh, the Spirit of God and things just like you uh, heard in the testimonies. But at the same time, these kids are a bunch of little flesh creatures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't understand that. Yeah. Okay, well, they are. And so they like to have a good time, you know, in a natural kind of way. And so part of that is just creating an atmosphere where that can take place, especially with the praise and worship and things of that nature. And so we, uh, um, we got a, uh, what do you call that wall? A what? An LED wall. You know, it's not very big. I mean, maybe as big as that screen, maybe, somewhere. Well, uh, we, we rented it, you know, for two weeks, and it cost us $3,500. Now, you say, that's a lot of money. Well, you know, at the end of the day, if you can have a bunch of kids come back on fire for God, what difference does it make? And the only people that get all jazzed up and knotted up about it are people that are too concerned about money. Money is a medium of exchange. It's a means by which things can be done. And if we didn't have it, then we wouldn't do it or be able to do it. But our church did that. You know, and uh, you ought to give yourself a big old round of applause because you made that happen, you know, because there, there was resource that was available. Brian, Pastor Brian, <laughs> my son, was, you know, telling me about, you know, some of the needs that were represented. And I just believe, praise God, that we need to put our money behind these ministries so that the, the ministry of the Word of God, you know, it's just like I remember when we built this church. And we, we uh, you know, had done some planning. We needed to do something differently. We we're running out of room. And I can remember when we announced that we were going to do it, you know, I can remember people saying, well, what do we need to do that? Why, how, how come we got to spend all that money? You know, well, you're not taking it with you anyway, you know. And what's really unfortunate, you know, we need to get our minds fixed, and changed about the way we think about money because God has plenty of it, amen? But you have to be willing to be a conduit. Now, truth is, when we started our, our um, stewardship campaign, people left the church because they didn't want to be a part of having to, you know, participate. And really, as far as, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's their loss, not ours, and what's really interesting is, is that when we got it all done, then they all came back. Well, not all of them, but you know what I'm saying. And, and I find that very sad. I find it as a weakness in people's character because they don't stay with what it is that God is doing in the church and through the local church. Are you with me? But I'll tell you, for the ones that stayed, baby, there's great blessing and great reward that awaits each and every one of them. In the annals of time, when we stand before God, they're going to go back through all this and they're going to talk about your involvement, your engagement, your faithfulness to what it is that God has did in the earth. Hallelujah. Because guess what? If we didn't have this building, 
uh, we would not be in, able to enjoy the ministry of the Word of God the way that we do. When we have our men's event or had it for the past 10 years, many lives were changed. People, men were strengthened. There was discovery and revelation, you know, that was granted unto them so they could understand who they were as men and as children of God. All of those different kinds of things. We never would have been able to do it if we hadn't had this facility. So it's not about money, it's about fulfilling the will of God. Are you listening to me? So I hope that, you know, in the context of that, you'll understand our heart and, and why it is that we're doing what we're doing. We sent a bunch of people down uh, halfway around the world to the South Pacific in, in Samoa. But before we, we sent them, we sent $10,000 worth of equipment you know, in a cargo ship someplace, God only knows it took forever to get there. Matter of fact, I don't think it came till what, the last couple days, you know, or something like that. But at least they have it. And all of those things enable them to be able to carry on the ministry. And I don't remember, I just got a uh, uh, um, email from Patty and on some little island, three square miles, this island, 350 people live there, 85% of the people on that island got saved. Yeah, you ought to give God a great big round of applause. And, and the thing of it is, is that, well, I'll tell you more about that as we go along, but um, it's what we're doing. Amen. We're getting ready for the arrival of, a, of the king. Are you with me? And so with that, praise God, I just want to thank you, and we probably ought to just receive our offering now. Amen. So if the ushers would come, they have an envelope in their hand. Let me give you something here as a matter of faith, to build your faith, that'll help you as we give today. The Bible says to bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat or nourishment in the house. And I talked to you about if we didn't have these resources, we wouldn't be able to do it. And then God went on to say, now prove me, now herewith, um, <clears throat> If I will not, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. Hallelujah. Don't you like that? Yes. And pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, whatever it is that you do, hallelujah. Neither shall your vine cast your fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you will be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. I tell you what, praise God, it pays to be a giver. And we appreciate, again, as I said, you know, your, your liberality and generosity. But there are things that we're going to do in the remainder of this year that is going to shake hell. Hallelujah. And you guys are going to have the privilege of being a part of it, and it's going to be glorious. Amen? So anyway, um, the, the, the deal is, if you're texting to give, use that information. You can give by uh, uh, credit card if you want to. Hallelujah. We'll swipe that thing somehow. You know what I mean. Not steal it, but swipe it. But, and, then, and then you can make out checks, fellowship church, and give cash if you like. Hold your offering up toward heaven. Father, we love you today, and we're so grateful, Father, for what you've done and are doing in the lives of human beings. We thank you for the grace, Father, that you've shown toward our, our kids, 
We're grateful, Father God, for you coming, visiting them, and they opening their hearts to you, Father, and ministering to them in such a way, Father, that brings about permanent transformational change in their life. God, we declare that they will never be the same in Jesus' name. And so as we give today, Father, we thank you for your blessing on this offering, and we thank you, Lord God, for meeting every need in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. If you would, while you're giving, watch the screens. Nothing like little LG to go along with your uh, aqua experience there, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. When you're a kid, you don't care, isn't that right? Why don't you stand with me, if you would, please? We're going to go before the Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Father, we love you today, and thank you for your grace and your blessing on the church. We thank you, Father. She is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And we are so privileged to be a part of your family. And so, Father, as we for these few moments have together, I want to thank you, Father, not only for utterance in the Holy Ghost, but, Father, for eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe. And we want to thank you, Father God, for your divine grace in the life of every person, not only in this auditorium, but those watching uh, by Internet. And we thank you, Lord God, for your blessing in the house today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. If you would, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 7. Or I'm sorry, if you can find 2 Timothy chapter 7, you are doing good. Actually, um, 2 Timothy chapter 1. You say, why is that? Well, there is no chapter 7. You know. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. I, I want you to... Uh, I want you to... Uh, be prepared. <laughs> what do I mean by that? I, I want you to, to um, 
be expectant today. Um, God is going to visit us. He's going to visit you. And so you just simply need to be open to uh, those possibilities within your life, okay? Will you do that for me? How many of you will do that for me? Okay, amen. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul was talking to Timothy, young Timothy. He was a pastor in Ephesus. Actually, he was martyred on the streets of Ephesus. But he was in pastoral ministry, and uh, he was engaged in what you could simply refer to as an uphill battle. And, uh, you know, the God of this world does not want to see the gospel preached. And evidently, Timothy was at a place in his life of discouragement, and so the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to him. Maybe you're there today in a place of discouragement. Well, God has a word for you, and it is to set you free from the discouragement or despair or whatever it is that seems to be clinging uh, to your life keeping you from enjoying God's very best. Hallelujah. So in this verse of Scripture here, you'll notice um, in verse 5, the Apostle Paul said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned or genuine faith that is in you that first dwelt in your mother or your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, he said, And I am persuaded, hallelujah, that it is in you as well. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up. Everybody say stir up. That you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Now notice particularly verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Can you say amen? Now, you know, I'm assuming as I approach this message with you this morning that you've, you, you've dealt with your willingness to obey God, okay? And what I mean by that is in your heart, it's just like, you know, Tatum was saying, God, whatever it is you want to do. I'm telling you, in that environment, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think because of the power of God that works within you. So my assumption is, is that we're here today and, and we're willing because I don't know if you realize it or not, the Bible says that if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. How many of you want to do that? How many of the rest of you are still thinking about it? I said, how many of you want to eat the good of the land? Everybody enjoys eating good. You ever been to a restaurant, you order a steak, and a thing, man, if you wanted to, you could probably take it home, make a saddle out of it? It's like leather. You need a chainsaw. You know, and then you got to try to eat it. But you know, there's times when you go to a restaurant, baby, you get yourself a good steak. Huh? And you go, wow, man, that was awesome. Are you listening to me? We like to eat the good of the land. The way eating the good of the land within the kingdom of God comes is when you're willing and obedient. When you say, not my will, but your will be done, Father, glory to God, that your will be done on earth in my life just like it is in heaven. Everybody say, I'm willing. willing. Say it again. You got to be willing. You got to be willing. 
If you're not willing, you can't enjoy or eat the good of the land. But thank God you just declared that you are. But no matter what we set out to do in life, in anything that you endeavor to do to obey God, there are going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things that stand in your way. There are going to be those things that, you know, like giants in the land. I mean, why do you think that God put that story in the Bible? It indicates or it symbolizes, you could at least say, that of course, you know, that when there's a giant standing between you and the will of God, praise God, you got to go out and kill it. You say, well, I'm not so much of that type. Well, before today's over with, that could change. Because I'll tell you what, the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you. Hallelujah. God has not given you the spirit of fear. Huh? You know, in another place when Paul was writing in in, uh, Romans chapter 8, he said, for you have not received again a spirit of bondage to fear. Fear has bondage. But thank God Jesus came to set the captive free. But these things stand in our way because we live in this fallen world. And hell opposes anything as it relates to the will of God. God doesn't want your life, I mean, the devil doesn't want your life to be filled with joy. He doesn't want you to have peace. He doesn't want you to be content. He wants to destroy, kill, steal, and destroy. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the truth. Thank God for what he has done to bring about a plan and purpose so that you can be delivered. Hallelujah. No, you're not going to, you know, fight with it all your life. Praise God, you're going to get delivered. When you kill the giant, it's dead. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, I'm just struggling. Well, I tell you what, praise God, let's get a little bit more information. Let's get some more knowledge of the word of God and let's just kill it so that we no longer have to deal with it because it's dead. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, I've been struggling with this all my life. Well, don't you think by now it's time to get set free? Don't you think right now that it's time, praise God, to take hold of what it is that Christ has provided for you so that you don't have to live under the tyranny and the bondage of fear? Or whatever it is that seems to be bothering you. You know, I tell you what, praise God. You know, you, you have to fight for these things. When you discover that God wants to have or offers you a better life, you got to say yes. you got to say, hey, I am willing and I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to do, everybody say do. I'm going to do whatever i got to do, praise God. If there's stuff in my life, it's going Some people, they like their little carnal lives. I'm talking about Christians. You know, and so they dabble around. They got one foot in the world, one foot, you know, in the church or wherever the case might be. And I'm telling you what, it does not work. Huh? Woo! Glory to God. I'm going to say that again. There are Christians that are carnal. And they live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And guess what? That doesn't work. I'm telling you, God wants you to be all in. Well, I don't know if I want to do that. Then you'll suffer. 
because the devil is a liar. And he tells you whatever it is he tells you to keep you, keep a hook in your life so that he can mess it up. You know, people don't think about that, but listen, if you're a, if you're a parent and you don't live acceptably before God and be an example to your kids, your kids will watch you and they will follow you. I think about these three girls and that guy right there, and I tell you what, praise God, it blesses my heart every time I see him. Because I tell you what, God is in that house. And God is doing great and amazing things within their lives. And they love Jesus. There's something to be said for that, amen? But dad had to model what it is that's going on to get these girls to be a follower of Jesus. And all you young kids, you're going to take uh, marriage and life and do whatever it is that you do, and you're going to have decisions to make about which way you're going to go. And you better make the right one because your kids are following you. They're watching you. God said that he would bless you and the generations behind you if you serve him. That's the way it works. But when you set out to do that, guess what? Hell shows up. But thank God he's a defeated foe. I said he's a defeated foe. We're not ignorant of his devices and we understand exactly what's going on. I tell you, God has some, he has some assignments for people here. You're a person of destiny, and some of you don't even know it. And you need to realize, praise God, that there are things that God wants to do both in you and through you for the glory of God. You know, there are things, you know, God wants you to, to be a part of something great. He, he wants you to be a part of something that is changing people's lives. As a part of being a part of this church, that's part of it. Because lives are being changed because of what we're doing through this church. And I tell you what, God wants to use people in particular ways. You have, you have giftings. You have, you know, we're going to have to take this off. You have giftings. And you have abilities that are buried down on the inside of you. And God wants to take the diamond that is in the rough and make it shine. But you have to be willing are you listening to me? you got to do things sometimes you don't want to do. Thanks for your excitement. But I tell you what, praise God, that when you start doing them, the blessing of God, the divine flow of his spirit will begin to work within your life. Any of you had to do things you didn't want to do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, probably daily. You know? But the truth of the matter is, is that God's blessing. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to help people. He wants to use you to testify to the world that is around you. Hallelujah. I don't care about the world in the sense of what they think about me. My, my, my granddaughter just stood up there and said, you know what? I just got set free from people. And it's the greatest thing that could ever happen. To worship God in spirit and in truth. Oh, you ought to go down to that church. I'll tell you what. There's quite a demonstration of stuff going on down there. Well, if you're in a dead church, then the likelihood of you being shocked is probable. But I tell you what, there are many different ways in which people have expressions of, of worship before God. 
And you know, praise God, if it comes out of your heart and it's offered to him, he loves it. You know, hallelujah. People say, well, you're shouting all the time. You know, making all that noise and everything like that, you know. You know, they say, well, God's not deaf. Say, no, but he's not nervous either. Are you with me? Who? Wild people. I, I get it. I understand it. When I first got saved, I went to an Assembly of God church in Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Glad tidings. It's not glad tidings now. I don't know what it is. But I went in there, man, and, I, and, and this is tame, you guys. I mean, this isn't even, you know, you know, hanging from the chandeliers, running around, none of that. They just raised their hands, and it spooked me. <laughs> Why? Because I'd never seen it. Never seen such an expression before of worship before God. My God, what am I doing? Where am I at? Who am I in the midst of? One of the things that robs us of the blessing of God is what we are ignorant of and what we don't know. I didn't know. But, you know, I learned in short order. I thought, you know, this ain't too bad. Some of you, you know, you you, you got a kind of a weird thing going on, you know, because you just, I don't know if you're just learning or what. But, you know, um, but pretty soon, praise God, you get it. Huh? And you begin to worship God. Well, you'll never see my hands go up. Ha, 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 ha. Never say never. Hallelujah. Praise stills the enemy and the avenger. And you need to do more of it, I guarantee you. I will guarantee you, you are not doing nearly enough. Huh? Because the weight of the world does everything it can to keep you quiet. Hallelujah. You know, when the psalmist said, he talking to his own soul, he said, why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God for or because I, the real us, I will yet praise you for your presence brings deliverance. And the world we live in, the culture we live in, I tell you what, you need to be doubling up on your praise and worship. Amen? The opposition, you know, that, that we experience in our lives comes in the form of lies. All hell has is deception. His power has been broken. He has no authority over you unless he can lie to you. Huh? When you believe a lie, you empower the liar. But when you find out the truth and you say that's a lie, that's what's going on in the world today. They're just, they're just spewing out lies, relentlessly trying to get people to believe stuff that is so out of this world, my God. But that's the intent. And I'll tell you another thing about the intent. It is to incarcerate and enslave people. The devil hates people that are free. The devil hates people that have liberty. That's why there's such an assault being made on our country. This, my friends, is the last bastion in this world. 
that represents the kingdom of God. I watched a newscast woman talk about the fact that we needed a new uh, um, retraining is the way that she put it. And uh, a new reconditioning amongst, now get this, Republicans, Christians, and Trump followers. That's what she said. National television. And, and, and so she said, we need, a, we need a retraining program for them. Well, I tell you, you could take your retraining program and go burn it in a fire. And that's being nice. Are you listening to me? I don't live my life the way other people live their lives. I live my life unto him. Are you with me? And so anything that violates that, well, they're just going to have to take it up with him. So he uses lies to try to con uh, convince people of what is not true. He reinforces those lies by circumstance and situations that exist in your life or in your history. Are you with me? He'll remind you of past failings. He'll remind you of things that went so wrong. He'll remind you of the pain that you experienced at some time in your life and, and, and tries to lie to you to say you'll never escape it. You'll never be free of it. It'll always plague you. And all of it is an absolute lie. And the reason is because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. You say, well, I can never be free. That's a lie. Huh? I said, that's a lie. The devil just wants you to think that you can't be set free. And it is the mode of operation. It's the M.O., of hell to keep you, and, and this is what it does, is it keeps people from pursuing God's promises and the dream that he has for your life. Woo, glory to God. You need to give God a great big round of applause right now. Hallelujah. Rejoice, hallelujah. Rejoice in what it is. And here's the thing you need to understand, and most people don't even think about this as believers, but I'm telling you right, right now, you are really dangerous to hell's agenda. You are. If you live for God, if you name the name of Jesus, if you're washed in the blood, you're dangerous to hell and its agenda. And he will do anything he can, which is not much, to try to keep you from enjoying heaven's best. I tell you, Brian Yoder, you are dangerous to hell's agenda. And if there's something he can do to try to keep you from fulfilling, you're just crazy enough to obey God. I mean, who goes halfway around the world and works in the South Pacific and does what he does? Who is it that gives thousands of dollars to missions all over the world and people that are in Iraq and all these different places? Who does that? He does. That is a dangerous thing to hell's dominion. Where else have you guys been? Didn't you go, did you go to, uh, on a missions trip? Where have you been? You went to Thailand. and She is dangerous to hell's agenda. 
So if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to try to put a stop to this couple and what they're doing. Matter of fact, you two stand there. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah, stretch your hands out toward them. Thank you, Lord. Oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Mendekalesa Malataya. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Father, I thank you for your grace on this couple. I thank you, Lord God, for that which you've deposited within them. I thank you, Lord, for the desires that you've placed within them. And Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name that's above every name, power flow in Jesus' name. Ah, Rimasa. Yes, in Ikas. In the name that's. A <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lord. There's new things coming your way, says the Lord. Grace upon your life for your future. Yes, even though the devil has done many things to try to thwart what it is that I have placed within your heart, but I'm going to bring it to pass. So when it comes, you'll know, and you can rest in him saying, yes, Lord, I'm in. Praise God. There it is. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, let's give the Lord a great big round of applause. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, what the devil's meant for evil, God is going to turn into good for them. Hallelujah. Because there are things in people's lives that hell tries to use. But I'm telling you what, praise God, in the name of Jesus, they will not stand. You know, if I'm trying to get somebody to stop preaching the gospel, then I'll throw stuff at them. When Timothy was preaching the gospel, there was stuff being thrown at him. And you know, when you read the whole letter that Paul wrote, he says, dude, I've been through it all. I've had people forsake me. You know all about these guys that once were with me. They hit the road. They're back in the world. They're doing what they're doing. But thank God I'm not alone. I've been incarcerated, put in jail. But thank God the word of God is not bound. I'm telling you that God is going to be doing some incredible things in these last days. And he's going to be doing it through you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. There are things that God wants to do through you. But you got to be willing. You got to be obedient. And you can't be afraid. Hallelujah. You know, the devil, he tries to get people on the sideline. Well, you're too old. You know, they told Lester Summer all that when he was 55 years old. He'd been a missionary to the Philippines and. Uh, a, all over the world, the guy had been. Comes back 55 years old, and his denomination tells him, you're through. You're done. You're, you're washed up, Lester. Think about that. I mean, here's a guy who's given his entire life from being a teenager till he's 55 years old, and the people that support him say, you're done. He went to Jesus. He said, Lord, am I done? 
And that's when God gave him a revelation. He wrote the book, Write the Vision. And that guy from 55 till about 80 did some amazing things. You know, there's people in the world, you know, they, they think us old folk, older folk, folk, oh, yeah. You know, that, 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 you know, just move aside, you know, because, you know, after all, uh, we're, we're doing a new thing. Well, God might be doing a new thing, but he's doing it through everybody that is willing and obedient. Are you listening to me? So I'm in. We're in to do what it is that God wants to do in these last days, baby. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like running a 400-meter race, and you're at the 300-meter mark, and it's time to kick it in and go for it. See them guys that ran that 10,000-meter race? These guys have been running for 30 minutes. And I mean, they've been running fast. And all of a sudden, man, they get to like the last lap. A sprint after running for 30 minutes. Dude, I'd be over in a corner weeping like a baby in a fetal position. Are you with me? Well, we're in the last of the last days, dear friends. Now is the time. This is not the time to be drawing back. This is not the time to be finding something else to do. This is the time for us to be engaged in kingdom business. Are you listening to me? Now, I just want you to know that I have three pages of notes, and I'm to here. So we could maybe be here a while. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Man, thank you, Jesus. You know the story. It's the one about David and Goliath. Here's a 17-year-old kid, comes out of a pasture after taking care of some sheep, and he's bringing bread and provision to his brothers, and they're talking about this giant Named Goliath. Everybody say Goliath. Goliath. Yeah. And he's out there, you know, defying the armies of Israel. Come on, choose you a man. Bring him out here. We'll fight. And whoever wins, you know. And I mean, it was ominous. He was, you know, you got situations in your life. I tell you what, praise God, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Are you listening to me? You know, people say, why, my God, that is a challenge. Yeah, and it's also an opportunity. Are you with me? So, David, you know, he's there and bringing the food. And here comes this champion out, you know, and, and let's pick it up in that, in that uh, regard in verse 23. 23, chapter, yeah. And as David talked with them, behold, there came up the champion. They, they refer to him as a champion, too. What's that mean? Here comes the winner. Huh? And here comes a champion. And it says, uh, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out, <clears throat> excuse me, out of the armies of the Philistines need a drink of water. <clears throat> I, I, I drank that go-go juice you told me to drink today. She, she got some concoction from my daughter. Woo, I tell you what, it, it takes everything and removes it. It's like, <laughs> it's like paint thinner. So anyway, where were we? 
Well, Goliath came out, his name, the army of the Philistines, and he spake according to the words he's been, he'd been saying for 40 days. See, that's what happens with the devil. You know, he'll come in, he'll just start harassing you day after day. And he just starts, keep, he keeps talking his junk, you know, and the more he keeps talking it, the more you start believing it. Are you listening to me? Day after day, day after day, day after day. You know, at what point are we going to say, hey, that's enough of that. Jesus' name, shut up. So every day this guy is coming out and humiliating the armies of Israel, intimidating them by everything is about. It doesn't this sound like the devil? Huh? And so look what happens here. It says that he was doing this and David heard him. He heard them. Who did he hear? He heard he heard the people that were talking about what the king was going to do if somebody would take this guy out. Look at this. This is awesome. Notice it says here in verse 24, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled for him and they were freaked out. And then the men of Israel said, have you seen this guy? Huh? Have you seen the size of him? There's nobody that can withstand something like that. Notice he says, have you seen this man that comes up surely to divide Israel? Is he come up? And it shall be that the man who kills the the kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, give him his daughter, and make his father's house not have to pay income tax anymore. Huh? And David, he heard this, and he spake to them, and he said, whoa, 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 what? What? What did you say? The king is going to do what? And they rehearsed it, and they told him what, he, you know, what it is he was going to do. He thought, man, this is an opportunity. Are you listening to me? Now, while everybody else is looking at it as a challenge, an insurmountable, uh, something that is, you're unable to overcome, David's going, baby, glory to God. All things are possible to him that believes and I believe. So let's read it here. Again, he says, he stood and he said, what's going to be done to the man that kills the Philistine? Verse 26 that takes away the reproach from Israel. Listen to this. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Whoa, baby. And so they told him the whole story again. Then the king, you know, he says, well, no problem, I'll go. And, you know, the king says, you can't, man, you're a kid. He goes, hey, listen, I got this. Talks about a lion and a bear. And how he delivered the lamb out of the hand and paw of the lion. He says, this guy is going to be just like him. Well, all of them are full of doubt and unbelief. So, you know, the king says, okay, good. The Lord be with you. Hey, would you like my armor? He says, no, I don't need that. Now, let's drop down to verse 44 for the sake of time. And the Philistines said to David, come to me, and I'm going to give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now, let me ask you an important question. Do you think that Goliath's threat just now is real? Huh? Absolutely. It's, it's definitely real. And he is going, you know, as far as he's concerned, he's going to take this kid and he is going to unravel him. Now, if you're not on the right page, that could be a little disconcerting. Are you listening to me? But oh, thank God for the spirit of faith. I said, thank God for the spirit of faith. Notice what happens in this verse. Notice it says here, 
that he, he threatened him and said, this is what's going to happen to you. Hallelujah. Verse 45, then David said to Philistine, you're coming to me with a sword and spear and with a shield. But I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel that you have defied. Who does that? Who, who addresses fear like that? You do. When stuff comes into your house, into your life, you do the same thing. Not here you don't. Hallelujah. This is the Lord's house. Praise God. He said, I'm going to, and let's go on. I got to, you know, I keep preaching. Praise God. Verse 46. This day, he's declaring, huh? What do you say? Oh, my God, what are we going to do? My God, I, you know, I, what is it that you say? You know, praise God. He said, this day the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand. And I'm going to smite you. I'm going to take your head from you. And I'm going to give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowl of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. If that is not the spirit of faith, baby, I don't know what it is. In other words, he just turned it. He stopped listening to him, and he began to declare. What you need to do is you need to stop listening to him and turn it and begin to declare. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Devil says, your marriage is going down. Your marriage is getting worse. Your marriage is this. Your marriage is that. I'm telling you what, you need to shut that noise off. What is that? It's a threat. It's caused, and it's it's brought in by fear. And if you entertain it and you listen it, I guarantee you he'll give circumstance and situation to you to prove that what he's saying is true. No, you got to put a stop to it in the name of Jesus. You don't even let it in. It's not an option. Are you listening to me? So notice what he says here then. Hallelujah. Verse 47 And all the assembly will know that the Lord saves not by a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he is going to give you into our hands. I love it. I love it. Because when they became, you know, when they, when they engaged, the Bible says, if you go on reading, David didn't run the other direction. He didn't go sideways over here and try to figure out a deal. Dude, he ran right at this guy. And that's what you got to do with your fears. That's what you got to do with whatever it is that's challenging you. You got to run right at it. And while he's running, he's putting his hand in his pouch and he's getting himself a rock. Woo! Glory to God. And he begins to do his thing with that thing, man. And all of a sudden, he launches that supernaturally, boom, in the head of this target that you can't miss. Huh? I think Goliath at that moment said, that had never, ever entered my mind. You like that, Mary? Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Yeah. Sunk into his forehead, killed a guy. Well, I don't know if he's dead yet, but he's on the ground. David comes and crawls up on top of him. 
little good-looking guy, you know. I don't know, you know, maybe he's a photo op. I don't know what the deal was. But anyway, he didn't have anything to kill the guy with, so he took his own sword and lopped his head off. When that happened, everything changed. Talking about breakthrough. Everything changed. All of a sudden, their champion is dead. All of a sudden, Israel, the army, is emboldened. You know what can happen, praise God, when you stand up in the name of Jesus? And how many people that you can affect, praise God, when you're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, you can make a difference in the world in which you live. Hallelujah. And God wants you to be that person. Everybody say, I'm that person. I'm that person. Praise God. Here's the thing you need to understand. I mean, when God is in something, listen to me, you guys. When God is in something, there is nothing that can stand against it. There is nothing. Now, God is in your marriage. God is in your home. God is in your house. God is in your life. If God be for you, who can be against you? The Lord is on your side. And I'm telling you that when God is in something, nothing, nothing can stand against it. If, praise God, you will stand up against it. And it takes faith. Hallelujah. You know, and here's a, this, this might be a new revelation for you. But if you're a believer, you got faith. You might have buried it in the backyard someplace, but you got it. Come on now. We're going to get that stuff out. Hallelujah. There, hell can do nothing when it comes to God's plan for your life. Oh, praise God. You know, some of you, that's going to hit you later. Might, who knows? If you take off running, I'll run with you. I'm telling you, praise God, there is a God in heaven that wants to do exceedingly above all that you can even ask or think because of God's power in your life. You know, when you want your home dominated by love, baby, you can have it. When you, I mean, you know, build your house, your home in a castle full of love. Hell can't do anything about it. And when hell shows up, you go, uh-uh, not welcome here. You take that outside. Go find it someplace else. Because it's not coming in this house. There is no strife. There are no harsh words. There are no demeaning kinds of statements that are ever going to be said in this house. Huh? I've said it before, you know, what happened with us, you know, when we were raising our kids, you know, they're just kind and wonderful, and we had a great summer together, and we sent them off to school, and all of a sudden, they come home with these toods. Where'd you get that? They got it there. So we just, you know, stop them at the door, say, boys and girls, let's sit down and have a visit. We ain't doing this. Being disrespectful. You parents, listen to me. Oh, don't get me started. I'm telling you what, if your kid is disrespectful to you, dude, you need to jerk them up. You say, oh, no, you can't do that. You bettered. You say, what do you mean by jerk them up? You'll have to come back for another session for that. <laughs> you know, I'm just telling you, you don't allow it. That's the reason why so many people have hell in their life, because they let little Johnny run the house. Are you with me? You don't do that. I said, that's, see, that's, well, I get into this whole deal, you know, about the spirit of the world is thrown all discipline, control, and, and um, uh, absolutes out the window. Dude, you are your own person. 
You are a man. You are a woman. You are a family. You are a couple. You are husband and wife. You own that place. The world doesn't. So you determine where and how and what's going on in that place. Are you with me? Don't put up with it. Say, we are not having this. The devil's bold. You need to be bolder. Am I in the right house? See, here's the thing, you know, I mean, as I mentioned this, you know, when God's in something, there's nothing that, that <laughs> nothing that can stand against it, nothing. And as long as you keep your eyes on the promise and act accordingly with faith, I'm telling you what, praise God. Listen, God's promises are sure. They are absolute. I tell you what, he said he would give you the sure mercies of God, that he would bless you coming in and going out, that you'd be the head and not the tail, that you'd be above only and not beneath. That's what God said. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, and I will command my blessing on your storehouses. There is nothing that can stand against what God has promised, and those promises are sure. Well, you know, I don't know, Pastor. You need to get past the, well, I don't know. And you need to get to the place where you know. You know, the devil, he'll come to you. Your circumstances will never change. You'll always be in debt. You'll never be healed. You can't have peace and joy in your life. Some of you are dealing with loneliness. And alone, you don't have any friends. And you're saying, you listen to this, and, and the devil says, well, nobody likes you. Nobody wants to have anything to do with you. I'm telling you what, dude, you got to stand up against that in the name of Jesus because it's a lie. Are you listening to me? I mean, God created you fearfully and wonderfully. You're the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. The devil will attack people's self-esteem. He'll, he'll attack them in, their, in, in their, their identity and who they are. And all of a sudden, they begin to withdraw. Don't you dare withdraw. You may not be stamped out of the same thing as everybody else in the world, but you're your own person, and God loves you, and he's got a plan and a destiny for your life, so don't let him corkscrew you down into a hole. Loneliness is something all of us have to deal with. When I got saved, the devil came to me and he said, you know, you got to understand, you, you do this Jesus deal and you'll lose all your friends. It's a threat. Huh? Embedded in the root of fear, you lose all your friends. What are you going to do? I, <laughs> thank God I had sense enough to say, I guess I'm going to lose all my friends. Huh? But not everybody does that because they got all these social ties. I've seen more um, corrupted things in, in family members and in families these days than I've ever seen in my life. Stuff, our family members, are, and, and I'm, I read it in the Bible. You know, you read Jesus said, you know, that there'd be sisters and brothers and all these different kinds of things. That would, you know, and, and when you read it or previously, you never thought it was imaginable. Dude, it is imaginable. But I tell you what, praise God, you got to be like Joshua. you got to make up your mind, and you got to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. I mean, if the whole everybody else goes the other way, that's their deal, but I'm going to serve God. Why? Because it's the smart, wise thing to do. And glory to God, he'll put you over 
Glory to God. They say, well, we're going to take your inheritance. So be it, baby. I got one in heaven, the likes of which you will never know anything about because God is on my side. Yeah. I've had people that attended my church and they quit coming because their family members say, you keep going to that church and we're going to cut you out. Think about that. That's from hell. Huh? You say, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are things in our lives that we have to deal with. Are you with me? Well, I'm sad to say that they acquiesced. It's, uh, it's an unfortunate thing. Satan, the device that he uses to keep people bound and enslaved is fear. But thank God, as a child of God, you know, just like we read, God's not given you the spirit of fear. Listen, I tell you what, if God's got to do it some other way, he'll do it. I said if God has to do it through some other means, he can do it. He is able. Everybody say, yes, he is. He can can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can even ask or think, according to the power that works within you. Are you with me? Remember our scripture, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You know, there may be fear in finances, fear of your health, fear about your future. A lot of people are afraid about their future right now. Listen, if you're a child of God, dear friend, I'm telling you what, your future is so incredibly bright. I mean, I know that there's all kinds of stuff going on, but it doesn't matter. Listen, God is getting ready to do something the likes of which this world has never witnessed before. And you're part of his family. And he's going to take a father's place and he's going to take care of you. So you don't have to be afraid. Fear is the element or, or the tactic or the tool or the weapon, whatever you want to call it, that the devil is using to incarcerate the entire world with an attempt to dominate it. But I'm telling you what, praise God, he's not going to have it in our house. I said he's not given us the spirit of fear, and he's not going to have it in our house. But see, listen. I mentioned this earlier, you know, the Bible says that God has dealt to every man uh, the measure of faith. You got faith. Everybody say, I got faith. faith. Listen, it is through this thing called faith that you can declare glory to God. You've been given this faith to claim your God-given rights as a child of the living God. And so praise God, don't be amongst the people that don't believe. Be amongst the ones that do believe. You know, believing's a choice. Yeah, but you know, have you looked at this? Have you looked at that? No, not really. I stopped looking at that, and I started looking at him. Huh? Because all the stuff in this world is temporal. Look at this scripture. You got time for one more? Let's look at Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Uh, Chapter 13. Chapter 13. Well, before we read this, um, I want you just to jot this. If you're taking notes, jot this down. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. I said that you have faith. Paul was writing, he says, we then having the same spirit of faith. 
as it is written, I have spoken, or is it up there? I guess I'll read it here. It says, um, as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he that raised up the Lord Jesus is going to raise us up also by Jesus and is going to present us with you. You got something to look forward to. Hallelujah. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. It's going to to happen, baby. For which cause and because of it we do not faint. Hallelujah. But though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is renewed day by day, and our light affliction, which is but for a moment. This whole thing that we got going on in this world is only a blink, baby, in eternity. Huh? For this light affliction, which we have but for a moment, works within us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, my friend, but thank God the things that are not seen are eternal. You can't see it, but it's coming. And you got to believe that. Amen. Hallelujah. God, sure enough, has given you proof. He gave you the interest of the Spirit, put Him in you. Huh? That's the down payment. Is it real? Is the indwelling presence of God real? Then everything else God has said is real too. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. We walk by faith, not by what? We walk by faith and not by sight. But see, you have to understand the opposite of faith is fear. I don't know if he can or not. I don't know if he will or not. And you know, fear is rooted in unbelief. You know that? When you don't have faith and you got fear, it's rooted in, in unbelief. Now look at this story with me. It's familiar again. I'm, I'm just, this is pretty much uh, ground that we've been in before. <clears throat> Notice here in, in chapter 13, this is a story about Moses sending out uh, 12 men to go look at the land. And they were there for 40 days and they came back and brought word. Well, when they did, they said, it's everything that God said. You know, every promise that God has made to you is true. Huh? Your land of Cana, baby, is absolutely true. And so they go out and look at it and they said, you know what? It's everything God said, but... Nevertheless, there's a problem. There are walled cities. Remember when I told you that if you're going to obey God, you're going to face a few challenges? There's going to be some obstacles. There's going to be things that stand in your way to try to keep you from enjoying God's best in your life. But I tell you what, praise God, you get the spirit of faith on the inside of you. You get your mind renewed to the word of God. You begin to declare what it is that God has promised, and I guarantee you, you're coming out. I said, you're coming out. Huh? They said, nevertheless... The people that are in there, they're great. They have walled cities. And we went down in this one section, and we seen the giants, the sons of Anak. And all of a sudden, 
Caleb and Joshua are watching this happen, and they're watching the countenance of the... Because they can, you know, they're excited for these men to be back. Oh, we're going to, you know, get a report. We're going to find out what this deal's all about. You know, here we are. We're out of Egypt, and, you know, we're running around this wilderness. I'd just soon go in, glory to God. And so they stand there, and they start listening to this stuff. And all of a sudden, as the Bible describes, their hearts began to, who knows what happened? Melt. Their hearts began to melt. Why? Because they were listening and they were hearing something that they already thought about. And when they, these guys came back and said it, they said, see, yeah, you know, you say all about this promise about God changing my life and doing things different for me. But I know circumstantially what's really going on and it'll never happen. Well, you can believe that if you want to. Or you can believe, praise God, what God said. Yeah, you're going to have to stand up against whatever it is that's in your life. Notice, let's read together, because I did have you turn here, just two or three verses. Verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses, and he said, I love this. You know, they're right. We probably ought to just turn around and go back to Egypt. No, he said, let us go up at once. Oh, hallelujah. For we are well able. Everybody say, I'm well able. I'm telling you, you're well able. When the devil tells you you can't, you say, oh, no. No, 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 no. I am well able to overcome it. Hallelujah. Let's go up at once. Let's not stand around and pontificate. Let's not stand around and let, you know, unbelief get neck deep. Let's go now. That's what faith does. Faith is now. Verse 31, but again, opposition. But the men that went up with him said, no, we can't do that. We can't go up against these people. They're stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched out unto the children of Israel, saying that the land that we went through, it eats up the inhabitants, and the people that we saw were men of great stature. And we saw the giants there, and so on and so forth. Now notice this. Which come from the giants, and we were in our own sight. How you see you? As grasshoppers. Oh, little grasshopper. And we were in their sight as well. Well, it sealed their fate, and they missed out, except Josh and Caleb. Think about that. They had to wait 40 years to get the blessing of God, you know, just because a bunch of people <laughs> didn't believe the Bible or believe God in this case, and they missed out. There's always going to be, and to close here, there's always going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be giants that stand between you and the will of God. It's all part of it. I remember when my wife and I first got uh, saved, I've shared this story before, but it's, it's so relevant, you know, because we went to Tulsa. I'm, all I'm doing is trying to obey God, okay? I'm going to go down. I'm going to go to Bible school because that's what he told me to do. And so we get down there, and we're not making any money. She made $12.50 the first month that we were there, or maybe that was me. You didn't make anything. She didn't make nothing. <laughs> I sold one of these coupon books for 100 bucks to somebody, and the commission on it was 1250 That's what we made the first month in September, okay? And, and so I'm working for this siding company. Well, actually, I'm, I'm 
I'm working for this guy. He's 80 years old, and he's got a dog that poops all over in his apartment. I mean, it was a mess, okay? I'm just being real with you here. I'm thinking, you know what, Houston? I think we got a problem. Are you listening to me? Okay, hopefully your dog doesn't poop all over your apartment. If you do, you need to get a life, okay? Are you with me? All right? Put the dog outside. You know what I'm saying. But anyway, you say, you don't have to be so graphic about it. Well, I'm just trying to give you a little picture. I'm praying because we're not making any money. And if I don't pay every month to go to school, I'm not going to, and if I don't pay my rent, and if I don't do all these things, it ain't going to work. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so I'm praying. You will pray when you're in need. And I'm praying. And the Lord says to me, you sell the siding. You sell the siding. And my response was, I can't do that. And here's why. I I mean, I've thought about this quite a bit. And the reason was, is because I'd never done it before. Because I didn't know. Because I, you could say in one sense, I was afraid. Are you with me? I mean, there's a sense in which because I was not familiar, and that's what ended up happening. I said, well, I can't do that. And I went back to something that is familiar to me, and I worked in a stinking lumber yard, you know, stocking shelves for a little bit of nothing. 406 bucks a month, that's what I took home. Well, a year or two later, I talked to another guy who sold siding when he was down there. He made four or $5,000 a month. You know, there's a difference between those two numbers. Huh? Well, when he said that to me, I never heard another word that he was saying because right then the Spirit of God is talking to me, even though that guy's still talking. And he said, see, son, I could have done the same thing for you if you'd have been willing and obedient. My wife and I, we suffered because of it. And people say, well, how come God's being so hard on me? It might be because you don't want to do what it is he's asking you to do. You know, you may have to step out in order to be able to fulfill and accomplish the desires of your heart. But God will be there. He will raise you up. He'll lift you up. He'll let you walk on the water if that's what needs to happen. But you have to be willing and obedient. I missed out on the blessing of God. Well, you know what? I got that straightened out. Hallelujah. You know, here's another one. When my wife and I, we got back, and in November of 1978, the Spirit of God on a Monday night says, I want you to start a church. I said, I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) Now, you would have thought I would have learned, okay? But here is the fear that made me hesitate. What will people think? I want you to know that God does not care what people think. He will have you do things that most of the world thinks you're nuts. And I'm not talking about being weird, but I'm just saying that, that, was the, that was the kicker. What are people gonna think? Well, after we had the conversation long enough, he convinced me that it didn't matter. And thank God I got smart this time, and I am so ever grateful that I did. Because we'd never enjoy the blessing of God the way that we've enjoyed it over the past four decades. Are you listening to me? Are you with me? Hallelujah. You know, I mentioned to you before, you know, we came up to a place where we needed a larger facility. I mean, some people even fought us when we put the building up for the children's church. Because people are small-minded. You know, they don't think big. They don't want to make an impact in the world. They, just, they, want, their little, they want their little bless me club. 
They don't want to reach out. They want to make it. I like it like this, you know, just, just make it nice for me. And I got my friends. And if we get sideways one another, I'll go find somebody else, you know, whatever. Dude, I'm telling you what, the, the church in a lot of ways is super jacked up. It is. And we need to get it fixed. The Bible says that we're to forbear one another in love. Not talk about one another out of love. Huh? Come on. You know, people are, well, anyway. Are you with me? So when we wanted to do that other building, well, what do we want to do that for? You know, we got 9,000 square feet. You know, isn't that enough? Nope. We need 9,000 more. And so we put, well, actually, we had a little over 9,000 because we had a second floor in that deal over there. You know, so now we got 18. Surely that's enough. No. You know, I remember the architects. They said, well, how, you know, what do you think your, 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 the possibilities are as far as church and, you know, people attending your church? And I remember Jerry Van Zandt, he's my associate pastor at the time, and he's sitting there and he goes, it's unlimited. And I thought, yeah, it's unlimited because we were building a 600-seat auditorium in a cornfield you know what 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 you are you're a part of is supernatural it's not natural are you listening to me god is the one who brings people to this church i don't know how he does it but i like it are you with me if you obey god god will do it huh so this fall, if we come up with some great big project, uh, just say, yeah, he'll probably do it. Yeah, let's do that. I don't know why or how, but let's do it. I talked to you about Patty Dunnick. Her name's Akui now. You think about this woman with me for a minute. We're talking about what it is that God can do in your life. And the things that challenge are, are, are brought against you to keep you, because you're so dangerous to the devil. And her husband is diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS. And, and so they begin to fight their fight. And he died. They preach faith. They preach healing, divine healing, that it belongs to all of us. And she's burying her husband. Now, if you want to get discouraged, if you want to faint and lose heart, if you want to give up, this woman has every reason to do just that. Not only that, she's alone. And they're halfway around the world in, in, on, in the Pacific, you know, down there in uh, Samoa. She, I think she was raised in Connecticut. I think she was a, you know... Um, um, pretty affluent, all of those different kinds. She could have just went back. But you know, there, there was a scepter of ministry that was laying on the floor. Did you hear me? And she had a decision about what she was going to do in spite of what she just experienced. And guess what? She went over there and she picked it up and she said, I will continue to carry this scepter throughout the Pacific. I'm telling you what, dude, that's powerful. She didn't quit. Are you with me? 
So when your kids go stupid or whatever they do, dude, come on. Well, you know, God promised and he said, you know, if I trained them up, they wouldn't, they wouldn't go south and they'd win all kinds of places. It doesn't change God. It doesn't change his word. Are you with me? Hey, man, though none go with you, man, still you need to follow. Are you with me? We all have our challenges. We all have our battles. We all have stuff we have to deal with. You know, I've named just a few different things here. Uh, Everyone's deal is different, but I'm telling you this much about it. God wants to put you over. Are you with me? I think about how disheartening that could be. You know, like with Patty, she could have just given up. She didn't. Some of you right now, you've been believing God for your kids. You know, they don't want to have anything to do with your faith or your God or whatever the case might be. Don't you dare give up. I said, don't you give up. Praise God, you just keep them up before God. Say, they are my offspring, Father. And I ask you and I thank you for intervening supernaturally. I tell you what, praise God, if they got to have a Damascus Road experience, I'm okay with that. Huh? You know, whatever, whatever, whatever you got to do, Lord, I just want to thank you, praise God. Because, see, you stand between them and hell. Are you with me? So don't quit. Say, yeah, but it doesn't look very good. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it sounds like. Doesn't even matter what it smells like. God's still God. And I need to stop. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Okay. Whew. Hallelujah. Well, everybody stand up.